No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to see you there once again. I hope you had a lovely day because I certainly have. As always, so much to get through, so so little time. Tonight's recommended drink, cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast on a Wednesday. I've got my cheap box wine right here. Drinking it out of a fucking pint glass because that's how we roll. So I hope we find you well. I hope you're surviving. I hope you're getting through. I hope you're finding meaning to your life. Of course you are. That's why you're here. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Wednesday night here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. We might even have to go a little bit of overtime tonight. I've got so much stuff I want to cram in. And I've got like fun stuff that I want to save for Friday night when we do the official Daily Boogie butt plug draw. When we send a butt plug to one lucky, very special lucky asshole out there in the audience, we'll get the authentic, genuine, American-made glass butt plug, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let me just throw that up for you one more time on the screen. There it is right there. Our glass, our glass master, Evil Ian. Have a look at this. Have a look at this little baby. If you want to get your back passage around this hot little item, then the, the only way you can do it is head to my timeline, go to the pin tweet at the top. You have to be a DLive subscriber. You have to be a booger in DLive. Uh, respond to the tweet with your DLive name, and this hot little item could one day be making its way where the sun don't shine right into your hot little back passage. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you want to win yourself a daily boogie butt plug? It's the only way you can do it. The glass master. <laughs> Get some glass for your ass. Is it flavoured? It can be if you want it to be, but I'm going to leave that up to you. Value adding is always a welcome addition here on the Wine and Crackers broadcast. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper, become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me about your warm little back passage, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to pick up where we left off yesterday which is analysing the coming second wave. You, you, you think I'm talking about the second wave of COVID-19. No, no, no. I'm talking about the second wave of lockdowns, which at this point, as far as I'm concerned, is inevitable. I don't care what politician comes out and says, you know, we're never going to be doing that again. There seems to be a trend. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Politicians tend to say things and then not follow through. <laughs> so forgive me for taking the cynical view. Forgive me for not ignoring every single time every single politician has ever said previously, not just over the course of my life, but the history of politics and humankind as far back as we can record. Forgive me for not instantly dismissing all of that 
whenever a politician I like says something that I want to hear. Apologies. <laughs> Maybe I'm the arsehole here. Maybe I'm the idiot here. Maybe I don't see what's really happening. But that's the way we're going to take it here on this show. So we are going to pick up where we left off yesterday, analysing COVID-19 part two, part deux, the sequel. But there's a couple of items I want to bring to you before we get that far down the road. Maybe we should start off with a little bit of positivity. Maybe we should give you some advice, some life advice. You shouldn't be here for life advice, that much is certain. But just in case you are, just in case you're looking for answers, just in case you have questions that are going unanswered in your life, maybe we can help you out a little bit here via the good people of the Metro newspaper, ladies and gentlemen. Metro is the free newspaper that they hand out on trains in the UK. <laughs> so you know it's good. How to tell friends that you're not ready to meet up in lockdown. You know, this can be a difficult conversation. Why you would have friends that you don't want to meet, I'm not sure. That's a question that only you can answer. But just say that you have a whole bunch of friends that you don't like and who don't like you. It's difficult to come up with new and inventive ways to continue not seeing them, to continue to isolate yourself when restrictions eventually get ever so slightly eased. But we're here to help you here on The Daily Boogie. At the time of writing, lockdown rules allow people to meet up with someone from another household as long as they keep a two-metre distance. <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that we've let bureaucrats, public servants, and quote-unquote health experts literally regulate human interaction. Like, if you're somebody that thinks this is about keeping you safe at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Every time you drive a car, you're a health risk. Every time you walk outside of your own home, you're at risk. Every time you do anything, you are putting your life at risk, literally. That's the nature of living. All living is risky. All freedom is risky. Life only exists so it can end. Sorry, sorry to be so philosophical. But if you think that these regulations, like you can only stand two metres apart, you have to stand on the X, you have to talk behind this perspex glass, if you genuinely still think that this is about protecting you, I don't know how to help you. This is just what happens when you hand a purview to bureaucrats and public servants and say, can you please write a whole bunch of rules and regulations for everyone? They will get an erection so hard you can crack coconuts on it before they feverishly start typing away at their cubicles. Well, maybe we can only have three people on a picnic blanket. Maybe we can have two people visit a family of five, but a family of five can't visit a family of two. You can only go 10 miles. You can go 11 miles if you're visiting someone, but if you're going to an empty house, you can only go five miles. Maybe you should stand 1.5 metres apart, maybe two metres apart. What about to the left and right? Half a metre to the left and right and 1.5 in front. That equals two, right? Yeah, yeah, that does. Good, put it in the fucking report. That's what you're going to get. That level of autism. And it's not the fun kind of autism that finds Hollywood celebrities hiding out in the mountains. It's the bad kind of autism, the evil kind of autism that makes life less fun for everybody else. Beware. Many of us are eager, this is the article, many of us are eager to meet up with loved ones as soon as possible, but not everyone is ready to go outside yet. You've got to be ready for it. This is causing friction in friendships. At present, there are two camps. 
those who are staying at home and avoiding all contact for fear of contracting coronavirus, and those who are happy to head out into the world again, albeit at a distance. There's only two camps. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. There's only two kinds of people. Thank you, Metro, for making it so simple to follow. Those in the former camp are finding it difficult to explain why they don't want to meet up for fear that friends or family won't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Mum, I'm sorry. I don't want to come outside. I'm scared of catching the virus. What? I don't understand. Can you speak English, please? This makes no sense to me. Or worse, we'll take it personally. You don't want that. Some people are also scared that if they say no now, they won't get invited to anything once lockdown is over. With FOMO, fear of missing out, taking hold. How about this? How to tell people you're not ready to meet up in lockdown. So if, you know, if regulating your basic existence and your basic interaction with other human beings wasn't good enough advice, now we're going to tell you how you should conduct yourself in amongst those regulations. We're going to tell you what you need to say to your friends and family. This is very good advice. Firstly, remember that you have the law on your side. <laughs> this is the article. If you're invited to a picnic, a picnic party with people from several other households, you are not only okay to turn it down, but you're also right to do so as you're following the rules set out by the government. Yeah, you're so good at following the rules. Imagine calling up your friend that you haven't seen for three months. Dude, Rusty, Rusty, how you going, man? Guess what, bro? A few of us, we're going to be in town. We're heading out to this park. We're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have a grill, man. It's going to be steaks, cold cuts. There's going to be beers. We're going to throw a football around. It's going to be great just for a few hours. We've got to get out of this house, man. Are you in? Well, how many other households are going to be there? I don't know, like three or four of us. Jimmy's coming. Robbo's coming. You know, Daz is coming. They're all coming. Are you going to be there or what? Did you know that it's against the rules set out by the government to have people from more than four households in one place at one time? Beep, 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 beep. Hello? Hello, Boogie? Beep, beep. That's what will happen to you. If you want advice on how to be less popular, follow these instructions. If you want to be a stick in the mud, if you want to be a fucking wet blanket, follow these instructions. Inform the people that are inviting you to parties of what the government standards are, of what the government rules are, and then accuse them of not following said rules. That's how you avoid going out ever again. But if we need to follow the if the we need to follow the rules approach falls on deaf ears or you're feeling the peer pressure. <laughs> how pathetic are people now? Seriously. When I remember when there was peer pressure to take drugs and smoke cigarettes. Those were the days. I don't remember anyone complaining. Now there's peer pressure to see your friends in a picnic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what rebels. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Dr. Bab says, if you do get who, who who Dr. Bab is, I don't know. Let's just line them up. There's a whole bunch of doctors with a whole bunch of advice. You better listen to him. He's a doctor. Dr. Bab says, if you get an invitation to see a friend and you do not want to take it up because of coronavirus, it is helpful to thank your friend for the invitation. Thank you for the invitation, friend. It is important to let your friend know that you would like to see them, but you are unable to at this time because of the serious risks that coronavirus still holds. Why are we taking lifestyle advice now from the doctors? 
I said it before and I'll say it again. I'm sorry, there are jurisdictions here, right? So no, as a health expert, you do not have the right to tell me who I can drink with. You do not have the right to tell me whether or not I can go and see a fucking football game. You don't have the right to tell me whether or not I can grill in a picnic in a, in a park somewhere. You don't have that right. As a doctor, as a health expert, your jurisdiction only kicks in when I get sick and come to you. That's the way it works. You don't get to organise my life for me. Thank you for the host, UK Neil. Follow UK Neil, by the way. DLive.tv slash UK Neil. You don't get to organise my life for me as a health expert. I drink a little too much. I'm out a little too late. I'm out in the cold. I get sick. Then I come to you. That's when your jurisdiction kicks in and not a moment before. And whatever you tell me as a health expert, as a doctor, I have the right to say, eh, fuck all that and continue on my unhealthy ways. But where we got to this place where the health experts are now, no, no, you stand there. No, no, we're going to close this down. No, no, this is what you tell your friends, okay? This is what you in, this is what you inform your friends about. No, no, you can't have a picnic. No, 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 you can't go to the bar. How the fuck did that happen? I'm sorry, you're out of your jurisdiction, doctor. You don't have that right. If only more people actually understood that, maybe we wouldn't have this fucking problem in the first place. Who knows? If you have vulnerable people in your household, the article continues, a vulnerability yourself or caring responsibilities, you may want to explain this to your friends so they can understand the rationale behind your decision to stay home. (laughs) You can also let them know that your decision not to see them at this time, while disappointing, is not personal or because you don't like them. It's very important. There you go. Very good advice from the good people of Metro, ladies and gentlemen. How to be a pathetic human being and get away with it. I'm sorry, I misread that uh, title. How to tell friends that you're not ready to meet up in lockdown. Good news, folks. Good news. Uh, Tell you what, let's cover this because this shit was kicking off last night. Following, um, I'm sure many of you were watching these streams, following the Minneapolis slash riot slash protest, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I think it depends on, you know, your own view if you call it a riot or a protest, apparently. I call it, it looks like a smashing good time. So let's pick it up where we were uh, last night. Special news report from on the ground in Minneapolis. Let's see just what the fuck is going on down there. Chaos and destruction in Minneapolis tonight. Chaos and destruction. I, I'm, my ears have peaked already. <laughs> I'm already intrigued. Tell me more. Tonight as police officers and protesters clash. Nice, nice kick on the on the tear gas can, by the way, there. Over a man's death. Thanks for watching WCCO. I, I thought black people did. As police officers and protesters clash over a man's death. Oh, that's interesting. I always thought that black people couldn't have milk. There you go. Another stereotype has been shattered. You've got to be quick. Thanks for watching WCCO, also streaming on CBSN Minnesota. Yeah. The outrage began with a video showing outrage. police arresting 46-year-old George Floyd in South Minneapolis last night. What? I can't breathe. Please leave my dick. In the video, you can see an officer kneeling on Floyd's neck. In the video, you can see an officer of the law murdering someone in broad daylight caught live on camera in front of witnesses. Pinning him to the ground outside Cup Foods on Chicago and East 38th Street. Floyd died a short time later. Today, hundreds flooded the streets at that same intersection to protest Floyd's death. Yeah. You know what? I've, um, 
I've like mocked Antifa protests in the past. I've mocked fucking MAGA rallies in the past. This, I don't have any problem with it at all. I don't even care. What do you think? What do you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen here? Like I said, you literally have murdered someone in broad daylight on the street, on camera, in front of witnesses. <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Oh, well, that sucks. Whoops. I'm glad it wasn't me. I'm glad it wasn't my friend that got murdered. Wow. They then marched to the police station where the... Hi, bro, and Ohio in the chat. How do we know that's what killed him? Maybe it was coronavirus. Who knows? Officers who arrested Floyd worked. Our team coverage begins tonight with Jeff Wagner. He joins us now, now from outside. <laughs> Dead Jedi in the chat. Let's be honest. Most people showed up because they thought they might get a free TV. <laughs> the Minneapolis Police 3rd Precinct. I'm so white. During the Minneapolis riots, I went out and bought a television. Where a crowd is still gathered, Jeff. Yeah, this crowd, you know, I want to say comparative to about an hour ago, it's calmed down a bit. But then next thing you know, you start to hear the sound of tear gas being fired, flashbangs being fired. These reporters always seem so out of place in these scenarios, don't they? They always look like a fish out of water. They're so used to like standing in front of the Walmart, doing a report about some kind of fucking, you know, an employee got angry with a staff, with another staff member and it spilled out into the aisles. Or standing in front of some store saying, oh, they've got fantastic specials this weekend. Have a look at all of this range. It's amazing. Or some ribbon cutting from the mayor. When you put them in a hot zone like this, all of a sudden they're looking around over their shoulders. <laughs> like, you know, look down the camera, Jimmy. I, 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 you know, there's, thing, there's noises and black people everywhere. Uh, we're really in the thick of it down here. This, this makes me really uncomfortable, guys. Can I come back to the studio now? They never really look like they're comfortable. <laughs> We've had what believes to be rubber bullets of sorts fly not far from us hearing... Load up, load up, load up with rubber bullets. People get hit. There's still hundreds of people here who are actually standing right by the third precinct, right next to the officers. Uh, it's been a pretty chaotic scene starting about Chaos. 6 p.m. Chaos and destruction. Tonight, a far cry from what it was earlier. Now, this all started at the intersection of 38th and Chicago. Thousands packed the area. Yeah, and like, you know, I was having conversations offline with people yesterday, with a number of people. And, um, you know, it was starting to affect conversations I was having with other people. So, like, somebody... Um, you know, raise the whole racism thing. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, look, race, white people didn't kill this guy. This one fucking fat piece of shit cop did. He killed this guy. Right? And if if just saying that to the wrong person can be enough to set them off, even though it's like objectively true, that this piece of shit cop killed this guy on camera. And people are like, well, what about his previous criminal records? So what? I don't fucking care. Like, you can be a back-the-blue person, but if you're going to be a back-the-blue person in this situation, you're a fucking asshole, man. Like, you are, you're very low on the ladder. If you're going to sit there and watch a cop, a fat piece of shit cop, put his fucking knee in, on someone's jugular, 
to the ground with their head like almost wedged up against an exhaust pipe for seven minutes like the while the guy's fucking literally choking to death right in front of you and say well we need all uh, we you know it's not fair he might have done something he might have antagonized him please come on you wouldn't accept that just okay if you think it's okay put a MAGA hat on the fucking guy that's on the ground then what does your opinion automatically change if your opinion automatically changes when there's a MAGA hat on the guy who's on the fucking ground, you're the asshole here, not me. End of fucking discussion. And I know cops have a tough job and I know it's bad and blah, 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 blah. We fucking know all that. We don't have to keep going over that caveat constantly, right? We don't have to constantly keep making all of these little things. And we've been saying on this show for a month, when you start loading up all of the instances of bad policing over the last three months during coronavirus lockdown, right? Kicking fucking doors down, dragging people out of their cars, arresting people on the street for breaking no law, threatening people, intimidating people. When you start gathering up all of these little individual things and start putting it in a nice big pile and then throw something like this on the top, the damage that's going to be done to the reputation of police around the Western world, like this isn't just an America problem, it's happening in every country. The damage that's going to be done to the institution of policing, it may never recover from this. That's how fucking bad it is. And I'm somebody who thinks that generally speaking, cops don't have, they don't get enough respect. But I'm also somebody who, when you add up all of these instances and you add up all of these occasions, it's like, well, what the fuck are you asking for respect? You don't deserve it when this is when this is the image that's being put out there. And yeah, it sucks for the good guys. It sucks. You know what I mean? It sucks for the good cops. But hey, we have to take responsibility for the elements of shit in our ranks too. So do you. So do you. That's just the way it works. It might not be fair, but that's the fucking way it rolls. I, when I was watching this, I was fucking physically ill. Oh, fucking cares about the black guy. No, 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 no. Because if you know, this is the black shirt wearing libertarian raising the black flag. We put individual freedoms and liberty right at the top of the fucking tree here unapologetically and that applies to every because if I can't apply it to somebody over there then I don't get to apply it to myself that's how it works right the rights and civil liberties that you want for yourself you have to allow for everyone else otherwise you don't get them either so when I was sitting there watching this fucking guy with his knee on this dude's neck and, you know, you can hear it in the guy's voice. <coughs> he sounded like Marlon Brando at the end of the Godfather movie. I can't fucking breathe. <clears throat> I, I was literally amazed that nobody, even though there was a cop standing there in front of him, I'm amazed that nobody in that audience watching just like rushed him and just tried to push him off and maybe take a taser. You know what I mean? Jesus. that. <laughs> And this, this may be controversial, I don't know. The guys who were watching that guy get choked to death on the street, in my opinion, showed incredible restraint. Like to the point of 
to the point of almost it was it was wrong to show restraint. You know what I mean? <coughs> Coffee talk with Sandra with the diamond. Thank you for joining us. Wrong is wrong. Of course it is. Like I was thinking, like if my bud, my best mate in the world, Greeno, we've been best mates since we we're like five years old. If I saw a cop doing that to him, choking him to death on the street, there's no way I'm just going to stand there and film it. And I may have ended up, you know, I may have ended up in a fucking casket next to him. Because there's no, there's, there's no way, like, in my being that I could just stand there and watch that take place. No. Not to my bro. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm fucking charging in there. Even if it's just to get the guy off his neck, <clears throat> I, would, I would not be able to stop. Mr. Bearded Truth, the other officers should be accessory to murder. They could be. But th- you know you know this how this is going to plan out, don't you? You know that we're not going to get the result that we want here. <clears throat> this is going to be one of those things that goes away. Mr. Bearded Truth with the diamond. The killer should at least be third degree murder. Imagine if, if you take the uniform off the guy and you take it off the street... If the coroner says it took seven minutes to choke somebody to death, that would be murder, wouldn't it? Like in the third degree. Because that's a slow, calculated killing. It's not like a crime of passion. You have a long time to consider what you're doing. Seven minutes is a fucking eternity in that situation. It's an eternity. For the protest at five o'clock, but we're also spread out to remain socially distant. Organizers emphasized keeping this protest peaceful. Like I'm not someone. I, I don't even like tasers. This is this is genuine. If you had an option between getting a taser in the chest and a bullet in the arm, I'm taking the fucking bullet every day of the week. I don't. I don't want you know thousands of volts fucking running through my body. You can cause a heart attack, cause a stroke, whatever. Like, fuck no. Give me the bullet in the arm. Thank you very much. The only thing is, um, you don't know how good the guy's aim is, so he might be aiming for the arm and probably hit you in the fucking heart. You know what I mean? But if I have the option between taking a bullet in the arm or a taser to the chest, give me the bullet every day of the week. The bullet wound will heal. I don't know what that fucking taser is going to do to my internal organs. Thank you very much. People took turns sharing their frustrations and grief with the crowd chance of I can't breathe and it could have been me filled the air. A man who claims uh, to have been one of the witnesses of Floyd's arrest also addressed the crowd. Protesters were glad to know that the four officers involved were fired, but they say the true justice won't be served until there's charges and a conviction. When you look at situations, you say to yourself, could this have been prevented? And that goes without saying in regards to this situation. And yes, it could have, because again, it's not one of those situations where (laughs) Monica in the chat, thank you for joining us with the diamond says I'd have been shot if it was my friend. See, Monica is one of the most gentle, fucking calm, nice people we have in this audience. Monica's a sweetheart. She would never do anything bad to anyone. She's like, I'm going to take the fucking bullet. (laughs) You know what I mean? I would run in there and take the bullet. That's how bad this is. If you're in, if you're in a police department right now, you know what I mean? This is not the occasion. This is not the time. If you're a back of the blue person, I'm sorry. This is not the time to like rally the troops. This is not the time to circle the wagons. 
this is not one of those occasions where it was like a split second decision. Like, oh, I thought he had a gun, so I had to pop him. No, 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 no. You had nearly 10 minutes of the guy fucking, you're choking the life out of someone for almost 10 minutes. You can't, you can't use that excuse. Oh, well, you know, could this have happened differently? We don't know. We ask our police to act in a certain way. You know, we ask them to risk their life, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't work on this occasion. This time, it's obvious. This time, there can't be any dispute. And anything less from, like, the PR departments of the police departments and whatnot, anything less than, like, full admittance is unacceptable. Winning TV with a diamond. Thank you for joining us. One cop kills him. The other three watch him die. Yeah. Because there is that mentality, right? Hey, I've got your back. I've got your back because you've got mine. Movie Time Blue says, but of course, the main issue will always be missed because the media elites and political activists will make it about anything else. Of course. Of course. That's a given. <laughs> we know that. In the words of Rahm Emanuel, who, you know, might be a piece of shit human being, but is an incredibly intelligent political operator. In the words of Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? The young man was no longer a threat once you subdued him, handcuffed him, and you had your knee on his neck. You could have very easily got up, put him in a car like you was asked to on several occasions. Axed. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it, we're all human beings. And- <laughs> Newsflash, the mask isn't going to protect you from a 200-pound police officer sticking his knee on your fucking carotid artery. <laughs> The mask is keeping me safe. Next thing you know, you're wrestled to the ground and you have the life choked out of you fucking live on camera in broad daylight. Like if that was, if that, if the guys, here's the, here's the easy litmus test for you, right? If you're still confused about this, if the guy's not wearing a uniform, would there be questions? If the guy wasn't wearing a uniform, if it was just two dudes on the street and one was doing that to the other, would it still be okay? If you think it's okay, if you think, oh, well, you know, got to back the blue here, fine. Take the uniform off the guy. Two civilians. What would you do then? Same outcome? If the answer's no, there's your answer. There's end end of confusion for you. Then uh, we're all... Cops, cops can do things that civilians can't. We all understand that. Murdering people is not one of them. They don't have that right. They can they can defend themselves, yes. They have the right to self-defense, yes. They can arrest people, yes. Can't murder people on the street in broad daylight. When I, I'm never giving cops that much fucking power. I'm never giving them that green light. They're never getting that pass. Never. The day that the day they do if you find yourself defending this as a back the blue person. You are a kitten's whisker. You are a cunt hair away from being the exact kind of country that you pretend to hate. The fascist kind, right? If you find yourself defending this, you're like, you may as well move to China and run for fucking police chief. Because that's where you are on the scale of authoritarianism. And if you're a back-the-blue person who thinks that this is okay, you're probably someone who shares memes about North Korea every other day. <laughs> this is the land of freedom. This is the land of liberty. Fuck those North Koreans. <laughs> They're idiots. Look at the way. Look at the way they treat their people. 
and you're a you're a kitten's whisker away from it and you don't even realize it knuckle dragging moron you don't even realize it all in this community together it's just tough to see someone and have their life ended the way it it, it did now, around 6 p.m., the protest turned into a march towards the 3rd Precinct, where it is believed that the officers worked. A much smaller group than the initial protest started vandalizing the building, shattering a window, spray-painting squad cars and the side of the building. Officers then showed up in a riot. <laughs> you know, and we've, I've said this before as well. People fundamentally misunderstand why the reason, the reason why police exist. Police don't exist to protect you from criminals. They may protect you from criminals, but that's not why they're there. Police are there to protect the government from you, right? We've said it 10 times, 100 times on this show. You need to understand it. Look at this. Who turns up, who turns up to this? Police turn up, start firing rubber bullets with bulletproof vests and shields and helmets and batons. They're protecting the government from the citizens. They're protecting the town from the citizens. They're not protecting the citizens from criminals. They're protecting the government from the citizens. That's why they exist as police. In a, in a society breakdown situation, the police are not going to be cruising up and down your street looking for robbers. They're not going to be looking for joggers. They're not going to be looking for criminals, right? They will be protecting the governor's mansion from you. They'll be protecting the bank from you. They'll be protecting the big outlet chains from you. Not protecting you. They're there to police you, not protect you. If they were there to protect you, they'd be called the protect force, but they're not. They're the police force. <laughs> the evidence is in the name itself. Gear and started firing tear gas and flashbangs, which you can hear going off right now. As uh, many protesters were hurling rocks. Why, why do the bins always get the raw end of the deal in these situations? What have the bins ever done? <laughs> Whenever we see a riot on television, somebody's always going after the bins. You know, some poor garbage man has to come along and fucking clean that up, you know. Some garbage guy's going to have to correct that. Going look, off right now. Look, at it's always the fucking garbage bins. <laughs> Is that the only thing you can lift? You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus, man. They know what they did. <laughs> it's always the trash cans that take it first. Ring the bell Knock it over and trash get your can. cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Evil Ian. Follow Evil Ian, by the way, on uh, Twitter. Our glass, our glass master. Trash cans are the real victims here made in USA. Exactly. Creating jobs, says Kitty P. <laughs> what is throwing cans going to solve? I have no idea. I have no idea. As uh, many protesters were hurling rocks, water bottles. Exactly. UK Neil. UK Neil with the diamond says, trash can lives matter. Couldn't agree more. Bottles, anything they could get their hands. These racist bins need to be stopped. <laughs> on towards the officers. The unruly crowd measured in hundreds of far oh, cry from yeah. the yeah. Serve and protect. Hey, ha. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. We've got to protect some people out there on the streets today. <laughs> Have a look at them protecting you. Look at that. They look ready to help you. <laughs> Grab the tear gas, boys. We've got some citizens to protect. 
Okay, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Salute. <laughs> Back the blue. Fucking give me a break. Somebody, yeah, we got to protect those trash cans. Let's go. Come on. Peaceful group that started the protest. It's, it's real ugly. The police have to understand that, you know, this, this the climate we, they have created. Oh, yeah. That's, see, that's dumb too. It's the climate we're in. In terms of creating it, again, it's no, it's never just one thing. It's never just one person. It's never just one idea. It's never just one group. You know, life is far too complex for those kinds of shallow responses, right? This is all your fault. Basically, it pretty much never applies in these kinds of scenarios. We're talking, like, this is the... This is the end result of, say, 40 or 50 or 60 years of how we got here, of programming, of policy, of culture, of everything, of ideological war, of culture war, of the whole lot. You've got to, you've got to throw it all in the mix. And after 60 years Ring of Western society being in the churn. Cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Cindy Mac. After 60 years of society being in that churn, the push and pull of all of these competing forces and factions, this is how we get here. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Take me back to the 90s, man, when Montel Jordan was cool. Uh, all right. Um, also, I have this quick little one, and then we'll move on to something else, because another camera angle came out last night. Joining us here on Mid Morning, I'm Heather Brown. And I'm Jason DeRussia. We want to begin Jason with the DeRush. latest on the death of George Floyd, 46-year-old black man who died after police arrest. 46-year-old man. That'll do. <laughs> Monday night. Outrage started when video of Floyd's arrest was posted to Facebook. We need to warn you, if you haven't seen it before, or even if you have, it is very difficult to watch. I can breathe. In the video, you see an officer kneeling on Floyd's neck, pinning him to the ground outside the Cup Foods, which is a small little grocery store on Chicago and East 38th Street. Floyd died a short time later. There is new surveillance video that shows what happened. Check this out, because remember yesterday, your, you know, your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed was being flooded with, oh, he was resisting arrest, right? Remember that? That was only that was only a day ago. Ah, oh, he was being problematic. He was resisting arrest. He was making it hard. He had it coming. You had all of this kind of shit bubbling around the, around around the topic. Have a look at this. Before police restrained Floyd on the ground, police say initially. Wow, look at he had it coming, huh? Look at this. he's obviously being very problematic here. They said that he resisted arrest, but this is the surveillance video. For oh, really? Wow, look at all of this resisting of arrest happening here as he calmly uh, gets handcuffed with his hands behind his back and pushed up against, you know, a wall and then sits down when he's asked to. Look at all of this resisting taking place. From a nearby restaurant <clears throat> that shows what happened after a reported fraudulent transaction at a store. The Minneapolis police chiefs have a look at all of this resisting. Swiftly fired the four officers involved in Floyd's arrest. Protest over his death. It started out peaceful last night, but some of them turned violent as the protesters and the police collapsed. 
Crowds first gathered at the scene of the incident that was right near 38th Street in Chicago. A few hours later, the protest turned into a march towards the 3rd Precinct, where it is that believed that the officers were. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno in the chat saying, chance all the way in Chicago trying to make it into race. Of course, of course. Like, we know we know that's going to happen, right? <clears throat> it's, it's always going to be every, you know, like, you know, I've, I've fucking done this myself. <laughs> People are always going to use something. Like, we've said this on this show. People are always going to use a situation because people like to complain, right? For example, at right now at the moment, people say that um, people will unfairly use a situation to attack Donald Trump. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know. That's politics, though. Like, I get the feeling that a lot of people have only started paying attention to how politics works since Donald Trump got elected, which is fine. Better late than never. Don't get me wrong. But... Using a situation in real life to attack your political opponents has always happened. Like on all, everybody does it all the time. It's not new and it's not just like, you know, it might be more pronounced now because more people are paying attention, but it's not a new, new scenario. It's not a new thing. It has always happened. It's a bit much, see, Cabaret, it's a bit much in Trump's case. It's too much. Like, that's, you know what? That's, I can grant that. Like, it is more pronounced now. More people do it. It's more visceral now. I get that. But as a general concept, it has always happened. Like, it's not a new idea. You know, every time um, an illegal immigrant kills someone, and like, I agree that politically, that that's a kind of thing that should never happen, or at least rarely happen. If there was the will to enforce the rules at the border, it wouldn't happen. But when an illegal immigrant kills somebody, what do you see on your Twitter feed? You'll see 5,000 MAGA hats doing videos saying, this is all the fucking Democrats' fault, blah, 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 right? Using a death for political gain. Everybody does it all the time. (laughs) So I'm not surprised that people in other cities are trying to use it and turn it into like a racial thing, which is a political thing. I'm not, of course that's going to happen. No doubt about it. I mean, at the end of it, it is a civil rights thing. And it is a, you know, it's a human thing. Like, do you want cops to be able to fucking murder people in broad daylight on the street? No, simple, end of fucking discussion. But, you know, there's a lot of leeches and bloodsuckers out there that, that will just, you know, attach themselves to it in the effort of turning it into something else. It's just a given. Shitty, yes. Unfair, yes. Bullshit, yes. All of the above. But that doesn't stop them from doing it. So, you know. Worked. We're here to let them know this can't be tolerated. There will be severe consequences <clears throat> if they continue to kill I mean, you, you, know, you know how it works. This is the Wine and Crackers broadcast. After every mass shooting, how many people sit around going, please don't be a white guy, please don't be a white guy, (laughs) right? So it it does happen all the time, on all sides, believe it or not. This will not go on another... And that doesn't make it right either. Hey, wait, those protesters are not distancing. Good point, winning TV. They should be arrested for not socially distancing. (laughs) Christian Cordero joins us live now from the scene of Floyd's death at 38. Coffee Talk with Sandra with a diamond just says one word, truth. Uh, You misspelled truth, though. 
You misspelled truth. It's T-R-O-O-F. That's the correct spelling of truth. Chicago, Christian, what's happening there right now? Well, Heather, throughout the morning, we've seen this crowd kind of grow uh, steadily, slowly, if you will. And for the most... I, I still can't get over how ridiculous these newsreaders look. Fucking These reporters look standing there on the street with a fucking mask. It, I, you can say all the stuff about keeping people safe, whatever. It just looks fucking ridiculous. I'm sorry. Sandra corrected her with another diamond. Truth, my bad. <laughs> Most part quietly. Now, this is also where I spoke with CBS News correspondent Jeff Begay's just a few hours ago about the delicate balance She can get it with the mask on. The immediacy of social- Anybody can get it with a mask on. What are you talking about? <laughs> why, why do you think the Islamic population is growing at the rate it is? It's because everybody's wearing a mask, mate. <laughs> media that prompted in part the firing of these four officers who were involved uh, but then beyond that you really have due process right as this story evolves cbs news spoke exclusively with three of george thank you for the diamond bug eaters thank you for joining us Lloyd's, uh, it wasn't exclusive rather but they spoke with now i know i'm more cynical than anyone when it comes to like in the aftermath of these things um, you know, when we go to like the family for a comment and stuff, like I'm someone that's said in the past, not applying it to this particular scenario, but just as a general rule, you know, somebody can be a really low life human being, but then when they die for some reason, everyone talks about how great and wonderful they are. But that, like that to me is equally um, suspect as when, you know, like for example, the case of the guy who was jogging, we all know what we're talking about. And within 24 hours, people were bringing up like past criminal history, like it's fucking relevant, like it matters. You know what I mean? Oh, so he should have been killed for what he did, you know, three years ago. It doesn't really work like that. I get the sentiment, but really it's not, it's not poignant to the discussion, right? So that those two competing things like, oh, he's an absolute fucking angel or, oh, he's an absolute fucking demon. For me, they, they both represent you know, the outer edge of the conversation, which is stupid, which has no, no ability for nuance and, you know, consideration. Those are the agendas when you see that stuff taking place. But um, <clears throat> on this occasion, when I watched this, like, I didn't have my usual level of cynicism because they spoke to his fiancée. And I, when I'm watching her and I'm listening to her speak, I'm like, you know what? This, I'm not even that cynical about this. Have a look. Tell, tell me what you think. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me what you think. He was kind and loving. He stood up for people. He was there for people when they were down. He loved people that were thrown away. Courtney Ross says Floyd used to work at the Salvation Army and loved connecting with the people there. Ross says Floyd moved to Minnesota from Houston, Texas. She says he chose Minnesota as his new home for a reason. He always felt like everybody got a chance here. You know, he would tell his friends, like, come up to Minnesota, man. You can, you can do it here. Like, you can, you can, you know, you can get a job and, and you can start fresh and, and this is the place to do it. Ross says Floyd was a spiritual man and would want everyone to react to his death with grace instead of hate. Body cameras. It's, you know what I mean? It's cliched and all of that stuff. I get that. But I couldn't help when I watched that earlier. 
just thinking, what if they're right? <laughs> what if they're right? And I'm a very cynical person. So in any event, uh, whether they're, I think the point is whether they're right or not, him being a nice guy or not doesn't make any fucking difference at the end of the day. You know, because that, that kind of stuff is going to be used as fodder for, you know, other people to pick it up and run with it and turn it into something else. That's great. We know that's going to happen. But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, whether he was a nice guy who worked at Salvation Army or whether he was a piece of shit, it doesn't make any difference. The guy was murdered on the street by a cop in broad daylight, caught on camera in front of fucking witnesses. They literally just fucking murdered the guy on the street. End of fucking discussion, as far as I'm concerned. The guy could have been fucking Chairman Mao. Wouldn't make any difference. You know why? Because we ain't them. Because we don't do that shit in the West. That's not how we roll. Right? We don't we don't believe in arbitrarily killing people on the street. And if you find yourself, you know, in a in a back the blue kind of situation on this particular occasion, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe you're the asshole here and not me. But that's just the way I feel. Um, <clears throat> Going to transition just slightly. Talking about civil rights and civil liberties, right? <laughs> Let's have a look at the flip side of this. Remember when um, the African-American community really cared about civil rights, like today? Have a look at this. Religious leaders denounce in-person services in San Francisco. African-American religious leaders joined civil rights leaders outside San Francisco City Hall Monday to denounce calls to reopen churches, saying it's not safe in the midst of a crisis. Civil liberties groups, religious leaders in the African-American community are saying, do what the government tells you to do. <laughs> do what the police tell you. Do not exercise your freedom, your constitutional freedoms. Listen to this quote from Dan Daniels. We don't need to listen to an idiot president. We need to listen to the science. Well, when it suits us. The scientists say the doctors say stay out of church until we are safe and clear. We will not open our doors. We will continue to worship at home, in our kitchen, our dining room, our living room, and outside on the grass that God has given us because we know this too shall pass. He said... Speakers also pointed out the four walls of a church are not required to pray. <laughs> you don't even have to come to church. <laughs> Do what the police tell you. Do what the government is telling you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the African-American civil rights leaders. Do what the cops say. <laughs> See how quickly all of these discussions devolve into the stupid? Speaking of turning it into political fodder, speaking of turning it into a political issue, you want to hear that quote again? We don't need to listen to an idiot president. We need to listen to the science. That's a, that's a religious, that's a pastor of a church saying, listen to the science. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, what do you even say to that? What do you... <laughs> What? Are you saying be on the side of the police who are arresting people for no reason and dragging them off the street having broken no law? We're supposed to do that? Yes. 
We're here from the Civil Liberties Union, and we're here to say, do what the jackboots tell you to do. Follow your instructions. Don't make a scene. Don't protest. It's not safe. (laughs) When I was reading that on my phone, I just dropped my phone. Like, you know, those slow-mo things when something shocking happens? (gasps) (laughs) Couldn't believe what I was fucking reading. Couldn't believe my eyes. Absolutely incredible stuff. Um, okay, this will be fun. We like rules here on this show. Just before we go to the break, I've got one more for you, and then we're going to pick it up where we left off yesterday with Riding the Wave 2.0 on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, who's ready to follow some rules? Yay! Woohoo! This is some of the fun, the most fun times I have on this show is getting a whole bunch of rules from bureaucrats and public servants and then bringing them to you so you can be safe, so you can be informed and safe and lead a healthy COVID-free lifestyle. So let's have a look at some new rules that the bureaucrats have written for the gym, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm not a gym guy. I'm not a gym goer. Gyms make me uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, I get the exercising and stuff, but I, I couldn't handle walking into a gym and seeing guys like flexing in front of mirrors and stuff. I'd just be like, oh God, what am I doing here? Get me the fuck out of here. This is like my worst nightmare. No thanks. Right? So I can't do gyms. Don't like the don't like the environment. But I understand why people go there. I wonder how many of the bureaucrats and as Alex Jones would call them, uh, the chicken necks. <laughs> I wonder how many of the chicken necks spend, you know, a lot of time in the gym. Working out in the gym, getting to know the gym, understanding the procedures in the gym. Well, luckily for us, they've written some rules for the gym goers to follow, to observe, to keep them COVID safe. Let's have a look. Reopening after being closed for nearly two months. Restaurants are finally open and welcoming back customers in Miami, Miami Beach and Hialeah. CBS 4's Peter Dench is live outside of Versailles where employees are happy to be back to work. And of course, customers are ready to eat. Peter. Hey, Maribel. <laughs> Look at this high-tech stuff going on here. <laughs> he's, wait, he's listening to the queue on his phone? Well, restaurants are reopening. What the hell is that? happy to be back Look to at, work, and of course... He's on... <laughs> Couldn't find an earpiece, mate? <laughs> What's going on? No, no, no. Just stand there on camera and hold the phone up to your ear and wait for your turn to speak. Okay. Mate, (laughs) this is a professional operation here. Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of tech goes into these live crosses. Mr. Cigar in the chat. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Channel 4. Is this Miami? Channel 4 in Miami. I'm on the phone in Little Havana. Oh, oh. Customers are ready to eat, Peter. Well, I don't, I don't know if this... See, they've done the thing where they put the video, uh, a different video that's not associated with the story. So, But now I kind of want to see this video. Now I want to see what's going on in Little Havana. So we'll get back to the gym rules in a moment. Hey, man. <laughs> What a smooth transition. Maribel, well, restaurants are reopening uh, for inside dining for the first time. Who, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, restaurants are reopening. Listen, yeah. 
Where did they find this guy? Since mid-March when they're forced is to he shut down. Is he drunk? To eat Peter. Is he drunk or has he had a stroke or something? Listen to him. Hey, Maribel, well, restaurants are reopening uh, for inside dining for the first time since <laughs> mid-March when they're forced to shut down. First time since so forced to shut down. <laughs> so he's listening on the phone. He hasn't got an earpiece. He's listening for his cue. Hey, hey there, Marty. Uh, we're down here in Little Havana, and uh, restaurants are opening for the you know, first time in uh, maybe a month or something like that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, everywhere, and um, and you know, uh, we we've been out there all day uh, talking to some of the locals and uh, having some, uh, you know, you know, it's got this uh, great uh, drink that they've been uh, having a sangria down here all day in the sun. You know, like a lot of people out to the side drinking in the sun and having a good time. Back to you. <laughs> Back to you, Maria. <laughs> because of concerns about the coronavirus. The, corona, the coronavirus. For the first time since mid-March. This is mid-March. You know, there's a virus. There would be concerns about that. You know, like a lot. Of, I, I say, hey, 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 ho, hey, hey, going. Okay, okay, back to you, Maria. Forced to shut down because of concerns about the coronavirus. All this happening here at Miami, Miami Beach at Hialeah. We went to those cities and found owners taking a lot of precautions. Precautions. David McLennan says this was the day he'd been waiting for since being forced to shut down his Exo Express bar in Miami Beach in mid-March. Miami Beach in mid-March. Because of the coronavirus, today he says he reopened... I don't, I, I don't see... I don't get the point of those little coffees, those espressos. Like, if I have a coffee... I'm a coffee guy. I love my coffee. Um, but if I have a coffee, I want it in a big fucking mug. You know what I mean? I want three coffees worth in one cup. I don't get the point of an espresso. Sitting there sipping a thimble full of liquid does not interest me. I feel like shooting it, you know? Like, is that it? Eh. I think it's a show-off. I think it's a trendy thing. People want to be trendy. That's the only reason that you would drink an espresso is that you want to look cool for some reason. Maybe you want to look... Maybe you're a really small guy who wants to look big, so I'll get a tiny little cup. <laughs> I can't... Because Italians are quite small, generally speaking. Yes, there are a few big Italians, like there are a few tall Chinese people like Yao Ming. But exceptions to trends do not invalidate trends. Most of the Italians you see in Western countries, you know, drinking coffee on the street are tiny little guys, <laughs> little short dudes. So they want, to have a, they want to have a tiny little cup to make themselves look bigger. That's my theory. That's what I'm going with. Safely. This is a really big day. This is exciting. This is kind of the new normal for now. Um, ah. we're, we're really excited. <clears throat> That's an Aussie. That's an Aussie business owner there in Miami. About it. Um, we're taking I know, I know, I know my accent. Today, he says he reopened safely. This is a really big day. This is exciting. This is kind of the new normal for now. Um, and we're, we're really excited about it. Um, we're taking all the precautions um, that we deem necessary. Why are Aussies over in Miami serving coffee in tiny little Italian cups to Cubans? <laughs> How, how's that for the start of a, a joke, a joke premise? So an Australian serves Italian coffees to Cubans in America. In the CDC, 
Um, so we've got these uh, markers for people when they come in. Markers. We've got sanitizer at the counter. Sanitizer, beach markers. Mayor Dan Gelber urges restaurant owners, employees, and customers to be careful. We've gotten through this pandemic and we've reduced the spread of the virus by following... I'm sorry, the mayor appears to be a Dolphins fan, so I don't want to hear anything that he has to say. He's clearly, clearly not all there. ...guidelines. Uh, people have done a great job. Physical distancing, washing their hands, wearing masks. Do, good, good job, good job, everybody. You're so good at following the rules. Yay, well done. Those guidelines are going to be in place in our restaurants, so continue to follow them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's important to understand. This is like a wet dream come true for bureaucrats, for the mayor's office, for the bureaucrats, for the public servants, for the health departments. This is their this is their dream scenario. Being able to write rules for private businesses, being able to tell private businesses how to run their business is their fucking, it is the pot of gold at the end of their bureaucratic rainbow. This is what they've always wanted. They love nothing more than telling business how to run their own business, but not having to deal with the consequences, not having to deal with the financial risk and the fallout of when those plans fail, right? They, they're, they're more than happy to write all the regulations and write all the rules and tell you how you should you can uh, conduct yourself and all of that stuff. They're more than happy to do that. But they don't face any of the financial risk and ruin that comes along with making shitty business decisions. They don't have to deal with that side of it. But this side, telling them how to, how to do things, how to roll, how they should handle their shit, no problem there, mate. Stand it that uh, the virus still exists the virus. and it's just as deadly, but we need to make sure that we're following these guidelines. And Hialeah, Latin Cafe head waiter David Gonzalez says his restaurant is taking a lot of precautions. The customers are coming and we take uh, the temperature first. That's a very trendy mask there. Looks like, uh, looks like the front of one of, those, one of those fucking snow pushers, doesn't it? They go to the table and they have to sit six feet. <laughs> Lou in the chat. We reduce the spread, guys. Pat yourselves on the back and remember to always follow orders. <laughs> For between each each person. Not everyone is each ready person. to dine inside. At Enriqueta's Sandwich Shop in Miami, David Lockley stayed outside. I'll wait a little bit because, you know, it's still fresh. So you're a little cautious about yeah, going just, back inside. Yeah, just a little bit. Why is that? Because you, you want to make sure the air is completely clear. <laughs> yeah, you, don't worry, mate. You're going to be a lot safer. The air is so much cleaner standing next to a major fucking highway. <laughs> it's like diesel trucks roll past. Carbon monoxide is filling the air. Fuel is being burnt right there on the pavement, you know. I just feel like the air is so much cleaner out here. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to go inside because the air ain't good. I'd much rather stand here next to the fucking peak hour traffic. <laughs> okay. Whatever tickles your pickle. You know, you know, the, the, the long... <laughs> the car's rolling past. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. Get that man a suit from the movie Outbreak. What the fuck? You wait, the more thinner things should thin itself out. Let's go back to Peter O. Peter Donch. 
Don't don't dench whatever. Drunk Pete. Now among those concerns right there about, about, the, about, about you know about those concerns out there you know is, uh, where we gonna get uh, where who's next drink is it? Who's buying the next round? You know my glass is almost empty over here. Back to you, Maria. Very careful owners tell us you'll yeah, see a lot of hand owners. sanitizer. The limit is. is has he been drinking the hand sanitizer? <laughs> Four people to a table, and employees will have to wear a mask, as will customers, except when they are dining. If everybody wears a mask, how are we going to drink? How are we going to get our drink done? How are we going to get our drink on? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. We're going to take, take a quick five-minute break here on the Daily Boogie. Uh, stick around. We've got much more up after the break. Don't forget, if you want to enter the draw to win the authentic, genuine, one-of-a-kind, American-made glass butt plug, head to my Twitter timeline, at Boogie Bumper, head to the pinned tweet. You have to be a booger of the channel. You've got to be a subscriber and put your name in that tweet thread and you will go on the wheel of elimination to win yourself an American, American-made, genuine, authentic, one-of-a-kind glass daily boogie butt plug, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in five minutes. You're listening to the Daily Boogie. Uh, stick around and we'll see you real soon. <laughs> Do you like your novelty comedy songs organic? Handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie Bumper. Idiot Boogie Really giving that one a workout? Come on. <laughs> DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the JJ Stoner Spring Collection. The perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone's slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. Keep swinging, pigs! Call now, and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slurricane that the South has to offer. But don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works!
perverted, narcissistic, and most importantly, completely pointless. Come waste an hour of your week with The Starting Block, Friday nights Australian time at dlive.tv forward slash The Starting Block. Get in touch with us on Twitter at The Starting Block, no K at the end. Also, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes by searching for The Starting Block, or one word, or on Podbean at startingblock.podbean.com. Join the Blockheads, tuning in in their millions right around the world. Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. My I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ, what are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? What you? Why do you, why do you have to ruin my evening? Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my buds do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do that. You just do without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No! No! <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's not working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate oh, come on, you secretly love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, so... Subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive with zeros for O's because everything in your life is that difficult. Hey, Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you'll have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. 
enjoy the joy of passing. Campy old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of passing. When we were kids and there wasn't any school, we'd sit and watch all the best cartoons. Eating cereal until it was noon. We never thought that 30 years later it'd still be cool. Saturday night and cheesy movies. The ones that used to show us boobies. It's our special little spot tucked away on delight. Enjoy the joy of Pepsi. Enjoy the joy of Pepsi. Enjoy the joy of Pepsi. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. This all right, around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. And shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Yeah. Thank you for sticking around. If you've just wandered in, you've wandered into the second half of the show. Otherwise known as the best half. Daily Boogie Podcast, Wednesday night edition. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls. So much more to get through. And like the song said, please consider following all of our friends. Coffee Talk with Sandra, the starting block, ladies and gentlemen, my, my boy Greeno. Winning TV, JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy, Irrational Times in the chat, UK Neil, uh, Major Tom, Sunday Night Shit Show with Frozen Asian. No Nightwave tonight, unfortunately. No, my 10pm schedule is wide open. I might have to do something now, which is a terrible shame. Uh, <laughs> I might have to do something fucking constructive for once. Perish the thought. But yeah, follow everyone, support the shows that support us. Um, so much more to get through. If you'd like to become a full-time subscriber, uh, supporter of the show, patreon.com. You know, you know all the links. You know all the plugs. Thank you to everyone for contributing tonight on DLive. All right. Like I said, I promised you that we would pick up the conversation where we left off yesterday with the second wave, the sequel to coronavirus. It's, it's going to get so much better, you guys. It's going to get so much more fun and intense. I can't fucking wait. I don't know about you, but here's the thing, right? I'm not even interested. When people start talking about the second wave of coronavirus, I'm not even interested in the second wave of the virus at this point. Because to me, that's just, that's code speak for the second wave of lockdowns, the second wave of quarantines, the second wave of regulations and rules. <laughs> Kimmy with the diamond says, you can play Rust with me tonight. I've got other games to play. <laughs> I just downloaded Civilization 6. So that might take up the rest of my fucking year. 
I'm a big Civilization buff from years gone by. So they're giving away Civilization 6. I think the deal runs out today on the Epic Games launcher. So you can download it for free, Civ 6. But I think it ends today. So get in. Get in. So yeah, the second wave of lockdowns, the second wave of regulations, the second waves of quarantines, because here's the theory, if you've missed the last couple of shows, and I'll quickly go through it. What I see happening is you'll get a little bit of your freedom back. <laughs> Boo on you. Thank you for the diamond. You're going to get a little bit of your freedom back, like a tiny little bit, and then you're going to take advantage of this freedom. In other words, go out and do things that you would normally be allowed to do. And then the media and the politicians and the entire fucking machine will whir into action and say that you taking advantage of this little bit of freedom that you've been given is the reason that you need to be put back in lockdown. We've already seen the justification start to leak out. If you missed yesterday's show, the second half of yesterday's show, go back and watch it. We showed you the experts, quote unquote, the media saying, well, you know, we just need to expect that we need to be put back in quarantine again. It's coming. There's nothing we can do about it. We're going to have to do it, right? So it's no surprise. They are literally signaling to you what the intentions are. And you can say, well, my preferred politician, my guy is not going to let that happen. I would just, I would very humbly suggest they've already let it happen. So even if they don't want something to happen, maybe they can't stop something from happening, right? Because of the political system that we live in. So with that in mind, let's dip into coronavirus part deux, part deux tonight. But before we do, one little item that's been sitting in the arc. Oh, look at Kitty B with the starting block link already. Look at this. Already got the starting block link up there in the chat. What an absolute legend. See, that's the kind of axe-worthy behavior that we know and love here in the, here on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Greeno will be very happy. Greeno always gets angry at me on the starting block because I don't promote the starting block. And I say to him during the show, if you've never watched it, you've, you've done the right thing. It's a fucking terrible show. <laughs> We literally just talk shit for an hour and a half. It's completely pointless. It is utterly a waste of your time to listen to the show. It's just banter. There's no point to any of it. There's no, there's no like, there's no higher meaning. There's no purpose. We're not doing it like, we're not doing it for donos or anything. We're not doing it for any reason other than to waste an hour and a half of a, of a week. So that's the premise. Listen at your own risk. <laughs> But he always gets very upset with me that I don't promote the show. And I say to him on the show, why would I? This show's fucking terrible. Why would I promote this? It's awful. <laughs> I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. And he's like, yeah, I don't want to be here. It's awful. I don't know why we do it. But I've decided after about eight years together of like first on radio and then being unceremoniously dumped from our radio station <laughs> to now doing podcasts. Well, all right. I'll give it a little promo. So starting block. Friday mornings, really early, too early. Winning TV with the diamond says, I believe that was taken by a show called Seinfeld. Well, our our inspiration actually comes pre-Seinfeld because we both grew up as big David Letterman fans. Ring the so bell that's the inspiration. and get your cheese, man. Scott Vogler, thank you for the sub. Uh, just a quick reminder, if you want to win that Daily Boogie butt plug, if you want to win that genuine, one-of-a-kind, authentic, American-made glass butt plug, and, in, you know, have it arrive in your back passage, then you have to be a sub on the DLive channel and respond to that pin tweet on my timeline. So this particular item that I've got here for you has been sitting in the archive for a couple of weeks. It was sent through by Henry St. George Tucker Bumper. 
It looks like we've got ourselves another male Karen to discuss. Yes. Because I'm all for gender equality here on this show. I love gender equality. And when we can... Because why should all, why should the females get all the attention? The Karens, they want all the attention, right? Karens feed on attention like vampires feed on the supple necks of deputants in Paris. So we can't have them hogging all of the limelight. We need to get ourselves some male Karens up on the, on the pedestal, up on the dais, representing the man bitches. So let's do this. Uh, a male Karen, ladies and gentlemen, doctor accused of fighting teens over social distancing. Let's have a look. Video that you're about to see may be disturbing to some. It shows a man. I don't think it's going to be more disturbing than the first video we watched today, but let's have a look. Shoving teenage girls. And then you see a woman <laughs> holding down one of those girls' legs while uh -huh. she's over here. Yeah. And the man forcing. And the man. His hands around her. <clears throat> hands. What, what accent is this? And the man forcing his hands. I do like it's 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 southern, but not really like deep south. South is it? Someone will have to help me out. The man forcing his hands. Throat. Throat. This was the moment things climax Friday at climax. The Norton Commons Amphitheater. WLKY News. Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you. It's confirmed that the man in the video is a local physician. <laughs> Witnesses say he and the woman he was with started yeah. cursing at them for <laughs> improperly social distancing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Woo. Don't you love it when people take the law into their own hands to enforce social distancing by climbing on top of teenage girls <laughs> and wrestling them to the ground? Thank you, doctor. <laughs> the hell is fucking wrong with these people? Man. I was I was never like a trouble. I was I was a little brat growing up, like I was a little shit. But there were limits to what I would do, right? We all had limits. There were some things that I wouldn't touch, but I was a little fucking bastard when I was a kid, as you can probably well imagine, based on the kind of adult I am, <laughs> right? Didn't really respect authority too much. Didn't listen to the teachers too much. All And all of the associated flow-on effects of that. Uh, didn't take advice, <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. Man... <laughs> But we never had this kind of problem. Like a strange... See, we like to criticise the younger people, right? But look at the kind of shit that they're dealing with. Some fucking strange old man. Effectively, that's what it is. A strange old man comes up to three teenage girls in the park, <clears throat> having a go at them about fucking social distancing rules and they should do what the police tell them. He's not a policeman. Comes up to them in the park and his bitch, his hoe starts wrestling them and grabbing them. He pushes them to the ground. Like, what the fuck is going on? That would never have happened when I was a kid. Some strange guy trying to enforce some fucking bullshit law on you. Like, who the fuck are you, mate? <clears throat> and, you know, like I said, I wasn't like a really bad kid when I was growing up. But if some old guy had have done that to us when we were kids, he would have been fucking dealt with. You know what I mean? The news story wouldn't be 
doctor approaches teenagers in a park to enforce social distancing, the news story would be doctor left bloody and bruised by teenagers in a local park, right? I don't get what, what, where does this sense of entitlement come from for these people? Where does this sense of like, oh, I'm, I'm doing, like, I'm, I'm protecting people. Like, you haven't been deputized here. You haven't been made into some kind of arm of the fucking government. Stop acting like it. And like, you know, <clears throat> I'm obviously like, you know, a libertarian. I, I don't believe in like unjustified force. I don't believe in unjustified force, but if so, if somebody, I would have no, no sympathy for the guy who goes up to a group of teenage girls getting the shit kicked out of him. And it's not about white knighting or anything. It's like, it's about mind your own fucking business. I don't understand what's happening. <clears throat> ben K Veritas with the diamond says, I've coined a term duffel drinking, always one more. I like it. I don't know what it means, but I can always get down with always one more. Kitty B says, I hope they sue his practice for this. He is definitely not going to be a doctor for long. I don't know. Like, you know, the story, um, the ROTC guys covered this like really well when it was happening. The Broward County um, deputy during that school shooting, right? So the guy who didn't go in there, who didn't respond, who didn't do his job, who stand, who stood out the front, didn't call for backup. He, he literally made every fucking mistake you can make in the book. And everybody celebrated when he got stood down. Yay, good, good. Finally. Finally, government doing what it's supposed to do, getting rid of somebody who shouldn't be stood who shouldn't be there. The news came out last week, very quietly, mind you. Like him getting stood down was national international news. That's the way I heard about it. International news. That Broward County Sheriff Department uh, guy was stood down from his job. He's out of there. He's out of the department. He's no good. Fucking he's gone. But last week, one little local news report, right? One little local fucking news report. Oh, he's been reinstated with full pay. Back paid. <laughs> so all the time, he's basically just had a paid vacation for fucking a year and a half. <clears throat> so I have no confidence, zero confidence in authorities to do like, you know, you would expect this guy to lose his medical license. But let's be honest here. Is anybody going to be surprised if he doesn't? Is anybody going to be surprised if this guy who's just gone up to strange girls in a park and fucking physically attacked them on behalf of like the government, on behalf of the police, even though he's not one, would anybody be surprised if he got stood down for six months under review, pending a review, an internal review, and then very quietly just fucking got his practice back and got his license back and started doing the doctor thing again? You know what I mean? Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Not in the slightest. So you follow Q in the chat. I, I'm, I'm guessing the wow is in regards to the Broward County guy. Yeah, how many people just didn't even hear about that? How many people didn't even know that that fucking guy, that piece of shit got his job back with back pay? That's an apology. Here, have your joke back. We're sorry. We apologize. We did the wrong thing. <laughs> How you can have any confidence in the system at this point is beyond me. They just, they will just do what they want. This was the moment things climax Friday at the Norton. Com Kick him in the nuts. Kick him in the balls. Commons Amphitheater. WLKY News confirmed. Look at this fucking guy. Give, sticking his finger in the face of girls who are like, wouldn't be 50 pounds ringing wet. You know what I mean? 
what are they, like 13, 14? Tiny little things. He's a fully grown adult man. He could break them in half if he wants to. Oh, it's, oh, it's gross. <laughs> it's fucking gross. <laughs> Again, part of me just wishes, like, they had have beaten the shit out of him, you know? He deserves it. Confirmed that the man in the video is a local physician. Witnesses say he and the woman... Local do-gooder, we would call him here. He's a do-gooder. And he was with started cursing at them for... Imp and if you're not aware, do-gooders do not do good. <laughs> ...properly social distancing. <laughs> According to this police report, LMPD's 8th Division responded to the incident the in the division. East Louisville neighborhood. It's being investigated as a first-degree strangulation case. He choked them. Yep, choke them. A fire is raging deep inside, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Strange doctor chokes teenage girls in a park because they're not social distancing. <laughs> My fucking hero. Another one of the heroes. One of, another one of our first responder heroes, ladies and gentlemen. The victim reportedly suffered minor injuries. We called Stop Baptist Health officials. They told us the doctor in the video is an anesthesiologist. There he is. There he is. He's an anesthesiologist. So he's, he's used to putting people to sleep. It's part of his purview. Anesthesiologist for a company that works with Baptist. They say that he's currently on administrative leave pending an investigation. Pending an investigation. <laughs> We've done so many of these stories, we literally know word for word what the fucking language is, what the PR language is going to be when it comes out. Administrative leave pending an investigation. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. <laughs> Every time. LMPD official sent us this statement reading, Obviously, we do not advise individuals concerned about social distancing to take matters into their own hands and confront people about it, especially in any physical way. <laughs> Obviously, we do not advise individuals concerned about social distancing to take matters into their own hands and confront people about it, especially in any physical way. We ask people who are concerned about large gatherings to call 311. Why would somebody call 311? What have they got to say about this? Was that their song, 311? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Now I need to see. Now I need to go off track. Okay. Uh, we advise people who are concerned about this to contact 311. Okay. Thank you, 311. That was really dumb. Winning TV with the diamond says, Who the fuck wears jeans at the beach? A Karen. Yes. Good point. Good point. Uh, Gypsy, thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Bitches like naps. I put bitches out. <laughs> thank you, Gypsy. Or 911 to report their concern. Report your concerns. This video that you're about to see. We've already seen it. Thank you very much. Marvis.
Marvis Herring from local news. All right, let's get back on topic here. The second wave. Like I said, we might have to run a little overtime tonight, so I hope you don't have any plans. A little bit of OT on the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Got to get some of this shit out of here. Got to clean up the archive, clean out the file. <clears throat> when we go, when we want, when we want good information, when we want the best possible picture that we can have for what the future world is going to be, I personally go to the BBC. I love the BBC. No, it's not what you think. I'm talking about black men. No. I go to the BBC for the best possible insights. The experts, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said yesterday, we are being mentally prepared. We are being conditioned. We're being trained like dogs to accept the new, the next round, the sequel, not of the virus, but of the lockdowns, of the regulations, of the rules, of the over-policing. You've already warmed up to the first round. We already have, you know, physicians on beaches attacking teenage girls on behalf of the lockdown laws. Six months ago, nobody would have thought that would have happened. So let's not pretend like the next round will never happen. You know, that's a, that's a funny thing to me. Because <clears throat> when I say this to some people, when I say, oh, we're being conditioned now to accept the second round of lockdowns, the second round of quarantines, like they're going to, it's going to be more and longer. People say to me, oh, no, it's never going to happen again. But I'm like, yeah, but six months ago, you would have said that what we're doing now would never have happened. So this whole thing, oh, it'll never happen here. It's the same mentality. Instead of applying it geographically, we're just applying it to time now. Oh, it'll never happen in the future. Oh, okay. 10 years ago, you would have said that, um, you know, promoting 10-year-old boys for having sex change operations on television would never have happened. Yet here we are, right? You would have said the, the president talking about which hole people can piss in when they go to Target would never have happened. Yet here we are. So don't, don't give me that, oh, it'll never happen stuff. It's, it's because of people who say things like that will never happen, that things happen. Because that's called complacency. That's called turning a blind eye. That's called head in the sand. Thinking that something is impossible is a surefire way to encourage people to make it possible because you're not even paying attention. So let's have a look at the thing that will never happen. <laughs> will there be a second wave of COVID-19 infections? Reality well, check. History. It's the reality. It's the reality check with Chris Morris, guys. <laughs> well, are you ready for your reality check? Certainly. Warm. Who's cashing these reality checks? Wants us to be on our guard. Yep. It's got to be as on your guard. As far back as the Middle Ages, Here we go. the Black Death came in waves. Here we go. So too did later outbreaks of bubonic plague. You know what? When we get to the Black Death level, then fine. A century ago, it was Spanish flu that devastated populations. And while exact numbers are hard to come by, it's... It's funny that they use these historical examples. Because don't the historical examples prove that despite not having lockdown laws and despite not having like fucking social distancing and stuff, um, we still survived as a fucking species somehow? Like, aren't we also proving the inverse to be true? Just a thought. Generally agreed that the second wave of the pandemic killed substantially more people. It's going to be worse. It's going to be worse, guys. Health systems were, of course, not nearly as good as they are now. No. Nor was medical or information technology. Nor, nor was the surveillance state, nor was the physicians attacking teenage girls on the beach, nor was the police dragging people out of their cars 
for breaking social distancing, nor was the riot squad hitting with you, but hitting you with batons for breaking no fucking law on the subway. Right? No, we didn't even have any of those things yet. We managed to get through it. More recently, second outbreaks of dangerous viruses like SARS or MERS have by and large been avoided, yep. partly because they were less infectious than uh, COVID-19. Uh, but other big flu pandemics, yep. like the swine flu, swine flu, have had second waves. Yep. So what does that mean for us now? It means you can never go outside ever again. <laughs> of course, silly. It means we need to have Chinese drones flying over our cities to break up fucking groups of people. It needs it, it means if you're a physician and you're walking on the beach and you see a group of teenage girls enjoying the sun, you need to get in there and mix it up. Wrestle them to the ground so they know who's fucking boss. <laughs> That's what it means. It means that the governments need to enforce a whole bunch of rules and regulations that none of us voted for and they have no right to do. That's what it means. It means freedom is the real killer. For starters, no two viruses are exactly the same. No. And no epidemics of infectious diseases behave in precisely the same way. That's right. Thank you. But we know... Thank you, Captain Obvious. Infectious diseases... This is a, one hell of a reality check. Is spread he, really, he really is doing base-level stuff here. ...when people who have the infection come into contact with people who don't. <laughs> Is this for 10-year-olds? <laughs> Thanks for the news flash, BBC. You know, viruses spread when somebody who has the virus comes into contact with somebody who does not have the virus. Wow. I thought it spread through telephone lines. I thought the stork bought everybody the virus. I thought the, I thought the virus popped up in the cabbage patch. In a, in, a, in a fresh baby's nappy. I thought the tooth fairy left the virus in my mouth when she came to leave money. The fuck is going on? Of course that's how viruses spread. Did we, did we really need that explained to us? When somebody who has it, to, you know, comes into contact with somebody who doesn't have it? Oh, wow. Oh, did, you, did you know this? Did you know about this all along? Why didn't you tell me? This is vital info. An outbreak will continue to grow as yep. long as the average number of people infected yep. by a person with the virus mm. is greater than one. Ah. That's what's known as the reproductive or R number. And keeping it below one is critically important. Below one. Which is why measures such as social distancing and contact tracing will be part of all our lives for some time to come. If you just wanted a little reminder, the BBC, <clears throat> pardon me, is the British taxpayer-funded, essentially owned by the government, media organisation in the UK. This is coming direct from the top. That's right. Social distancing, social tracking apps, <clears throat> they're all going to be part of our lives for some time to come. I would humbly suggest replace some time to come with always. <laughs> because once you give people this kind of power, they're very, 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 very reluctant to give it back to you. <clears throat> no more screwing around. And a, and a collective chill went through the audience of this podcast. <laughs> 
You want to hear it again? Let's hear it again. Below one is critically important, which is why measures such as social distancing measures. and contact tracing yep. will be part of all our lives for some time to come. Will be. No debate, no discussion. Again, this is supposed to be about the second wave of the virus. Look at how the story has already shifted. Do you see what I'm saying here? Do you see how one thing is being replaced with the other thing? The explanation of the virus and how people catch it is very simplistic to the point where it's understandable for a five-year-old. And then it just morphs into, hey, we're going to have all of these regulations and this technology and this social tracking data and all of this shit. That's going to stick around, right? That's what they're talking about when they talk about the new normal. That's what they're talking about when they talk about the second wave. It's all of this extra auxiliary shit. The virus will be used for this. We also need to know more about how long any immunity for COVID-19 might last amongst people who've already had it once. Ah, yeah. And we need to find out whether there's any significant seasonal variation. Ah, it could be every, we could be doing this every year. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Imagine three months of every year, everything being locked down like some kind of science fiction horror movie where in three months of the year, zombies get to rule the earth and we all have to live in underground caves just for three months. And then we can all come out and pretend like everything's fine. In the way the virus spreads, experts have warned of the danger of coronavirus. Experts, New York Times. Re-emerging during the winter flu season in Europe and the United States when health systems are already under huge pressure. They're also watching closely to see if the virus mutates to become more or less lethal. So there are a host of factors to take mm, into account. A host of factors. Trying to plan for a potential second wave. Yeah. It's not certain that one will happen. Yeah. And the early development of a reliable vaccine <laughs> would be a game-changing moment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to tell you at this point. I don't know what I can tell you that they're not telling you themselves. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. In case, in just in case you weren't paying attention. This whole report, this two and a half minute report put out by the BBC literally says, we don't even know if there's going to be a second wave. But what we do know is social tracking apps and the regulations that are governing our lives, they, they need to stay. They're going to stay. And we're also going to roll out a vaccine for something that we don't even know is going to exist. They're, they're not even hiding it. They're not even trying anymore. Global vaccine rolled out, probably mandatory. Social tracking apps regulations on where you can stand and where you can go and who you can meet with and where you can holiday and whose house you can go to and when you can work and when you can catch the bus and all of that fucking shit. That's all going to stick around. We're keeping that. But the virus, I don't know. Maybe it'll show up, maybe it won't. <laughs> like I said, it's not about the virus. It's about all of the stuff that goes along with it. The manifestation of the virus is what will make it real. They're openly and honestly telling you vaccines, regulations, social tracking apps. That's that's all. That's what we're talking. That's the second wave. 
We don't even know if the second wave of the virus is even going to exist, but we're doing all this stuff. What should we expect during the second wave of the virus from the good people at the CNBC, ladies and gentlemen? Tell us what we should expect. Your Hopkins dashboard is now famous where you track the daily uh, uh, rise or fall in cases. As we looked at some of those numbers where case counts seem to be going up in states that have begun some tentative and in some cases... Dead Jedi in the chat. Exactly. We need a vaccine for a virus we don't even know we need a vaccine for. <laughs> it seems so obvious. It seems so obvious. Yet so many people are just going to like wash over it. Like it's not even a problem. Like it's not even, like it's to be expected. Because again, we're being programmed to expect it. We're being programmed to expect the social tracking apps to last forever. We're being programmed to expect regulations just being piled on. We're being we're being programmed, conditioned to expect, you know, enforcement of those regulations every day. And most of us are saying, yes, sir, please, sir, may I have another? At the very least, it, most of us are saying, yes, sir, may I please have another? And in some cases, people are taking the law into their own hands, like the physician we just saw, to be a Karen and enforce the rules on behalf of the government is more aggressive reopening. How do you separate the cases that may be related to the reopening from the fact that in many of those states, there's just more testing, so you would expect to find more cases? How do you sort out the cases that relate to the reopening? We haven't even fully reopened yet, and we're already blaming. Did you, did, are you seeing the subtext here? We haven't even fully reopened the economies yet, and we're already blaming new cases on the fact that businesses are reopening. <laughs> right? Remember the words of the experts that we've played on this show, the quote-unquote experts, the politicians, the medical professionals. Remember the words. They keep telling us over and over again that coming out of lockdown is going to be more difficult than going into lockdown. To which I, I, I keep asking, okay, then why did we go into lockdown in the first place? It's a very simple question. If coming out of quarantine is more dangerous than going into quarantine, why did we go into quarantine? If everybody knew, if everybody knows that coming out of lockdown is more dangerous than going in, why did we go in? I'm, I'm yet to hear an answer. I'm yet to have even anyone attempt an answer to that very, very, very simple question. Because at that point, it almost looks like to me that the point of all this was going into lockdown. Especially when the rationale comes out that coming out of lockdown, oh, that's too risky, guys. Coming out of lockdown is more dangerous than going in. So we can't. We can't come out of lockdown. Sorry. We have to keep you in lockdown now. We have to keep you quarantined. What? Pardon? Pardon? <laughs> Pardon me? If it's if it's more difficult to come out of lockdown, why did we go in in the first place? Thank you for coming. I see you in hell. A very simple question that seems to have no answer. How do you tease them apart? How do you tease them yeah, apart? Yeah, so we look for that indicator of percent positive tests. So if you have a low percent positive test uh, rate, 
which the WHO is recommending below 10%, um, then you know that you're testing enough to find those cases that um, to find as many cases as possible, and that you're not just testing the sickest of the sick to find the uh, those cases, because that's when your positivity rate goes dun, up. Dun, dun, dun. Let's dun, talk dun, about dun, the, the the possibility of a vaccine, which everybody is very excited about. We're very hopeful. About. We're very excited! Yay! <laughs> Everybody's so excited. Everybody's waiting on the edge of their seat to hear about this new vaccine that we don't need, apparently. <laughs> You know, some people, you know, some people out there say that there may not even be a second wave of the uh, virus. How do you respond to that? Well, we definitely need a vaccine to combat this thing that we don't know is going to exist or not. Um, sir, shut up. Stop being, stop, stop being a troublemaker. Stop asking questions, you, 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 you disgusting conspiracy theorist. You know, it's going to be much more difficult to take us out of lockdown than it was to put us in. Yeah, so I've heard. And did you know that there may not even be a second wave of the virus, but that's why we need a vaccine for it now. We need a vaccine today to make sure that we that we can combat this thing that we don't know is going to exist or not. About that, that this is a fearsome disease fearsome. when it strikes fearsome. in many cases. Uh, but there are a lot of people... The, again, I've said it before. The disease, the, it, it's a disease, it's a virus. They can't make their fucking mind up. They've got no idea what they're talking about. The virus is nowhere near as, as frightening to me as what governments see as an appropriate response to it, right? And so, like, we've maintained that on this show. Like, three people sitting on a, on a park bench having a picnic does not scare me as much as government workers coming up with whole lists of plans and regulations and rules and enforcements for mundane everyday activities which are not criminal activities that frightens me a lot more out there who are afraid of vaccination to begin with ah. and maybe even you mean those whacked out conspiracy theorist god botherers who are afraid of vaccination to begin with and maybe even more sort of hesitant to take a vaccine that has been rushed to market yeah, that that's the funny part to me too the whole time, they're going to spend the next six to 12 months saying how, because Donald Trump is, because everything is oppositional for the sake of it now, right? So because Trump has been saying, we're working on a vaccine, we're rushing this vaccine out, we're doing tremendous work with this vaccine, it's going to be a great fucking vaccine, everybody's going to love it. We're working really hard. It's going to be the fastest vaccine that we've ever had. Because of that, they're going to spend the next six to 12 months saying, you can't have a vaccine work that quickly it's too fast it's too risky we don't know what we're doing it takes years that's dream talk that's fantasy right but then when the vaccine comes out in six to 12 months or whatever it is then they'll automatically switch and they'll switch over to everybody needs to take it right away how dare you have any reservations how dare you say that this is risky how dare you say that this isn't good enough you must be some kind of fucking conspiracy theorist right they will instantly switch <laughs> After getting everybody to a state of mind where they're cautious, they will then say you're wrong for being cautious. They've done, they've done it already multiple times during the coronavirus thing already. They said closing the borders was uh, wrong and racist and then instantly flipped to how dare you um, not close the borders earlier. They said wearing a face mask is stupid and wrong and you shouldn't be wearing one and then instantly flipped to everybody needs to wear a face mask. Of course they're going to flip on this as well. Of course.
these people are more predictable than Sunrise. So they're going to spend 12 months saying how insane it is to race to rush out a vaccine. And then as soon as the vaccine comes out, they're going to say that it's insane not to take it. <laughs> and they're going to treat you like you're the idiot, like you're the stupid one. And they're going to pretend like they never said what they said. Time after t- time after time. If you rush a vaccine, you should not take it. Time after time. What's the risk of that? And how do you sell to the American public or the global public a vaccine that has been fast-tracked the way these seem to be? Yeah, it has been fast-tracked in some ways. um, But there are other ways in which we're taking all of the normal precautions that you would take. So in particular... Look, it's been fast-tracked, but in other... In... <laughs> oh, sorry. Come on, man. Come on, you're making this too easy. <laughs> you know, one way of looking at it is... <laughs> one way of looking at this is we've fast-tracked it. Another way of looking at it is we're doing everything we would normally do. <laughs> Hello, McFly. Hello, McFly. <laughs> How do you reassure the public that taking that this vaccine is going to be safe, even though it's been fast tracked? Well, great question, Bob. You know, one way of saying it is that we've fast tracked it. Another way of saying it is we're not doing anything different, and it's just going to be fine. Super answer. We'll be right back after these commercial breaks. <laughs> From one sentence to the next, they're contradicting themselves. If you don't think they're going to flip on the whole story like 12 months from now, you're fucking mad. You've got your brain is made of custard. They flip from one sentence to the next. <laughs> they say whatever they have to say when they say it. Unfucking believable. Yeah, it has been fast tracked in some ways. In, in some ways. What do you mean in some ways? What does that mean? How can it be fast-tracked in some ways? It's either fast-tracked or it's fucking not. If it comes out sooner than a a vaccine would normally come out, guess what? It's been fast-tracked. It can't be half fast-tracked. It can't be fast-tracked in some ways. Fucking fantastic answer. How do you how do you put people's minds at ease? We need to clip this. Of a vaccine which everybody is very excited about. We're very hopeful about very hopeful. That, that. This is a fearsome disease when it strikes in many cases. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there who are afraid of vaccination to begin with and maybe even more sort of hesitant to take a vaccine that has been rushed to market. What's the risk of that and how do you sell to the American public or the global public, a vaccine that has been fast-tracked mm-hmm. the way these seem to be? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, it has been fast-tracked in some ways, um, but there are other w- ways in which we're taking all of the normal precautions that you would take. So, <laughs> There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from the health experts themselves. How do you reassure the public? that this fast-tracked vaccine is going to be safe to use? Well, that's a great question, Bob. It has been fast-tracked in some ways, but in other ways, it hasn't been fast-tracked at all. It's that simple. (laughs) So you see, you can say it's been fast-tracked. 
I'll say that it's sometimes been fast-tracked in some ways, but not really. We're still doing everything we would normally do, but in some ways it's been fast-tracked. But if it's been fast-tracked, then you're not doing, the, you're not doing it the way you normally would. <laughs> that's a stupid opinion, Bob. That's, that's fake news. In reality, we're fast-tracking elements of it, but that doesn't mean that it's been fast-tracked. Right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The health experts looking after you, make, keeping you safe. <laughs> All right, how are we going for time? We've got enough time. Let's do a little time. Uh, let me bring you down here to the land down under, ladies and gentlemen. Our faithful leader, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister. I voted for his party in the last election, by the way. Uh, they are the nominally conservative party here in Australia, but don't let the name fool you. Speaking about the second wave, let's have a look. The Prime Minister's warned us opening up Australia will be harder than closing it down for coronavirus. There's that line again. They all keep telling us that opening up the country is going to be harder than closing it down. Why is that? And it doesn't even matter what side they're on. It seems like they're all saying the same thing. Left or right, doesn't matter. <clears throat> Government, media, health experts, they're in lockstep. Coming out of lockdown is so much harder than going in. Why did we go in then? Shut up, you conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Didn't you hear about the exciting vaccine we've got on the way? Yeah, hasn't that been fast-tracked? <sighs> That's an idiotic thing to say. We've fast-tracked elements of it, but we haven't, we haven't fast-tracked it. So it is being fast-tracked then. No, no, no. In some ways, it's been fast-tracked. Doesn't that mean that it's been fast-tracked, though? No. What are you, some kind of anti-vax moron? <laughs> coming up at 6 o'clock. Coming up on the 6 o'clock news. Why you need to be sceptical about a fast-tracked vaccine. And then after that, at the six, the special 6.30 report, why anybody who doesn't take the vaccine is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> then, at 7, why coming out of lockdown is more dangerous than going into lockdown. And then at 7.30, why people who say coming out of lockdown are stupid. <laughs> Why people who are against the lockdown are crazy conspiracy theorists. Why keeping us in lockdown is the only safe way until we get a vaccine that we're not sure we need that's been fast-tracked, which you should be cautious about, but make sure you take it, otherwise you're a moron. <laughs> are you keeping up? Are you taking notes? It's actually more difficult now to go along with the advice than it is to question it. I don't know how anybody can go along with it at this point. Like I said yesterday... You don't have to be a smart person to see why this is dumb, but you ha I think you have to be a dumb person to think that this is smart. He outlined his job maker plan to save the nation's the job economy. A job maker plan. So we had the job seeker plan, and that turned into the job keeper plan, and now that three million people are unemployed, now we've got the job maker plan. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God they're coming up with all of these plans. They've got everything under control. <laughs> you just wait. The same thing will happen in the States. Like the president will come out and make an announcement. Today we are unveiling our job maker plan. 
We've got a great plan to get people back to work. This is going to be the best job creating plan that you've ever seen. <laughs> Hang on, aren't these people unemployed because of government in the first place? Isn't that why we're here? Government creates the problem and then government presents you with the solution. Our political reporter Jonathan Kersley has more. Jono, Give good us more, Jono. How will Scott Morrison... She just called him Jono. That's, what, that, that's why I love Australia. Our political reporter, Jonathan Kersley, has more. Tell us more, Jono. <laughs> Do it. Very casual. Well, Davina, Scott Morrison outlined a plan for what he says is going to be an economic reset, including changing the way that vocational training or TAFE is funded. He also wants to overhaul industrial relations as part of... We're going to completely rewire the economy now. May as well take the advantage while we're here. ...of what he calls this job maker package. The pa- it's a package. So businesses and unions will be brought together to simplify awards, overhaul yep. enterprise agreements. It's all very positive, isn't it? Outline boundaries for casual and fixed-term yeah. workers, ensure nice. businesses pay staff properly, yep. and that unions obey rules. Now, It's t- all about protecting you. That's why we're doing it. See, it's all about protecting you. We're rewiring the economy. We're making things safer. We're making things better. But by the way, coming out of lockdown, it's going to be more dangerous than going in. Coming up at six. Why coming out of lockdown is going to be more dangerous than going in. And then coming up at 6.30. Why coming out of lockdown, the government is providing such a wonderful package to protect you and make the world a better place. <laughs> can, you, can you align those two things? You know, coming out of quarantine is going to be so difficult. That's why we've created this plan to make it so much better than what it was. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Are you keeping up at home? Uh, another little item here, ladies and gentlemen. You're on OT here on the Daily Boogie podcast. It's, our, it's, it's another time for some of our favourite moments here on the show. It's time for more rules. Yes. Yay. We've got to follow the rules. Everybody follow the rules now. Rules are so much fun. We, we spoke about previously the public transport rules, right? So putting green stickers on seats is going to protect people from coronavirus. They lasted to 24 hours, by the way. Remember they said that the bus drivers need to call the police if a 13th person gets on a bus because the buses are only allowed to run with 12 people now? That lasted a day. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, it's a little, it's a little hard. It's a little hard to enforce these rules. Un- amazingly. <laughs> I don't know how anybody saw that coming. Wow. What a fucking, what a mind fuck. Who knew that the rules weren't going to work, but whatever. But they're working on it. Government has got your back. A new crack transport team has been set up. A, cr- a crack team. <laughs> A new crack transport team is out on the job. These new gub shoes are out there enforcing the rules. They're making use. Of, they're making the world safer. Up to monitor and move on stations across Sydney yeah. to ensure social distancing is being observed. Good. Let's- a crack team of social distancing squads is hitting the streets. Let's go live to Nine's Liz Daniels at the Rail Operations Centre in Hi, Alexandria. Liz. Liz, good evening. They're on the job right now. They sure are, Pete, and this is where it all happens. T- this is this is where the magic happens. We call it the LA Forum down here. Teams monitoring a network of eleven thousand CCTV tra- CCTV cameras. Right- eleven thousand cameras. Count them. 
this crack squad, this cracked, this crack squad of social distancing experts currently monitoring 11,000 cameras to make sure that you follow the regulations that aren't based in legal reality. <laughs> to make sure that you follow the rules. Wow. Right across the train network and uh, alerting ground staff to... <laughs> Karen 11,000 activated. <laughs> There's a whole system of Karens now. Any breaches of social distancing that they can see, yeah. station staff also have an app that they can access to really? tell them whether the train rolling into the platform is full and alert any waiting passengers. <laughs> Today, the number of troops on the network remained steady after... Troop? Did you, she just call them troops? That's reassuring. Yesterday's back to... Oh, trips. Pardon me. ...school bump. This afternoon, though, there were... About 300 buses that reached capacity when oh. the tradie knockoff hour coincided yeah. with after school time mm. today. Uh, tomorrow, we're told, state transit will put on an extra 100 services at Bondi Great. and Ride. Nice. Today, Excellent. there were already an extra five services <clears throat> that helped to ease overcrowding at Green Square and Banks Meadow. <laughs> nice report. So it turns out that there's a new crack squad being employed by the government to enforce social distancing regulations on train platforms, and they're using 11,000 uh, CCTV cameras to enforce this. They also have apps and uh, enforcement officers at the ready to make sure that you don't stand anywhere except the X that you're supposed to be standing on. But don't worry about that. Tomorrow, there's going to be 100 extra buses for you, dear citizen. Why, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Government. <laughs> Thank you for taking care of things. Thank you for making sure that we're so much safer. I've got two more little items for you, and then we'll call it a day. Two more quick ones that I had to bring you. Um, last week, New South Wales residents, the state that I'm in, were rejoicing because we got the news that the little kitties were going to be allowed back to school. Yay. Little kitties are going back to school. Everything's going back to normal. And I know that you may have heard, you know, on this podcast, <clears throat> you may have heard this theory that you're going to be given a little bit of freedom and then you're going to be accused of exploiting that freedom and then that freedom is going to be whisked away from you without a moment's notice. You may have heard something like that. Well, I'm here to tell you that that's all wrong. I was wrong. I got it completely wrong. Completely wrong. <laughs> made in USA Review, two quick ones, one and a half hours later. <laughs> I promise it won't be that long. I, I do have a tendency, though. But I'm here to tell you that I was wrong. I got it wrong. I completely misjudged. Good news. The schools have opened. The kids are back to school. Everybody's safe. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's feeling good about the new rules. The kids are back at school. We're learning again. Good things are happening. Nothing can stop us now. Fortified, well-guarded. Mariah College takes security very seriously. Today, it was trying to repel the coronavirus. So is it pretty worrying for you? Oh, yeah, sort of, yeah. yeah. At midday, parents rushed to pick up their kids. A school message confirmed one of its primary age students had tested positive. We have now activated our COVID-19 positive diagnosis school response plan. <laughs> our positive diagnosis school response plan. They love plans, don't they? A lot of plans going around. We have plans for our plans and plans for the plans. And they, you can tell it was written by a bureaucrat. 
because it's called the Positive Diagnosis School Response Plan. The initiative. <laughs> the crack squad. Diagnosis School Response Activate. Plan. Activate. <laughs> this is bullshit where the diamond says, China, a good neighbor. You'll give us your data. You'll make a good. Why you got to be such a troublemaker? You know, China can be a friend to you. I have a story for tomorrow that I'm going to show you. The Victorian, one of our state premiers, which is like a governor here, um, base, doing, you know, signing books with the Chinese government to say, we are going to go along with the Chinese government's plan, like right under the nose of the federal government. And basically accusing anyone of criticizing him for literally jumping into bed with the Chinese communist government as a state premier, right? He's accusing anyone of criticizing that move of being a racist. <laughs> right in front of everybody. It's fucking amazing. So we'll do that tomorrow. You're going to laugh your tits off. Uh, Let's get back to the school uh, positive diagnosis response plan, though. Because remember, everybody's safe now. We can go back to school. We're going back to school. Everything's fine. And shut down for cleaning. I think we're going to see... One student tested positive in this school, shut down the whole school. See, I've asked this question before, right? Because they keep coming out and saying, well, social distancing is about keeping you safe, right? Remember the the bus story. 12 people on the bus. So the government department comes out and says, we've decided that 12 people is the safe number of people to have on a bus. And I'm like, okay, 12 healthy people though, right? Because I asked the question, what if one person on the bus has coronavirus? Then what's the safe number? Is it 10? Is it 8? No, the answer's fucking zero. So all of it is pointless at that point, right? It's all ridiculous. Because one infected person can shut down a school of fucking hundreds of people. So why then are we going through this this ritual? Line up, stand on the thing, don't stand too close, no shaking hands, no high-fiving. And they tell us that all of these things, all of these regulations are to ensure what? That we can keep going as quote unquote normal. But it's not. It's training. Because if it was to ensure that we could keep going as normal, the one infected person would just be removed from the situation and the rest of the school would be allowed to continue, right? That's why we're social distancing to avoid people catching the virus from one another. Correct? No. So what is the social distancing for then? It's to train us. We're being programmed. Programmed to accept the very regulations that we're being dealt with. We have all of these regulations at this school, right? Kids can't do this. They can't share lunch. They can't play together. They can't shake hands. They can't high five. They can't sit too close. This is all to make sure that we can keep going in light of coronavirus. But then one kid comes in, one child comes in and says, I've got coronavirus. Oh, sorry, we need to kick everybody out now. Then what the hell is it for? I think it's a pretty simple question. Because obviously, the social distancing regulations and the apps and the stand on the X and the don't shake hands is doing nothing to make sure that business keeps going. And trust me, when we come out of quarantine, like I said, they're going to give you a little bit of freedom and then yank it back off you. Just wait. Just wait. Because the first sign 
that these public servants and the politicians get the first sniff that they get of, oh, there was 10 people who caught coronavirus in this particular part of the city or in this town, bang, you'll be straight back into lockdown again. Because they're showing you right now, they, they're already doing that. They're already deciding that. And the social distancing isn't keeping anything going. It's to make you think that it's to keep things going. But the first sign of an infection, they're going to shut it all down anyway. So why do it? One more thing here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I forget who sent this through. Somebody sent this through. And we haven't done one of these for a while. So let's let's round out tonight's show, the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Let's round out tonight's show with an old classic. It's time for... Lemon tree, very pretty, and a lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor land is impossible to Lemon tree, very pretty, and a lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor land is impossible to eat. We haven't done one of these for a while. Let's check in with our boy, Don Lemon. Ladies and gentlemen, I haven't pre-watched this clip. I've got no idea what he's going to say. So it's probably going to be good. <laughs> Let's have a look. I wish someone would come up with another platform, honestly so that everybody could just delete their accounts on Twitter and go to the other platform because this is outrageous, disgusting behavior. Stop companies like Jack Dorsey and all, stop hiding behind the First Amendment and, and for profit. Oh. <laughs> it, I'm, surely I misheard that. <laughs> surely I got that wrong. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> no, no, come on, no. This is bullshit with the diamond says, Don Lemon has the virus. He's got the gift, you mean. <laughs> sure, hang on a minute. Come on now. <laughs> that can't be what I thought it was. The free press, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, we're going to defend the free press. We're here to speak truth to power. <laughs> we got to speak truth to power here at CNN. Oh, come on now. No, it, I, I must have misheard. Did I mishear this? The free press. <laughs> look at the look on his face. <laughs> Woosa. Settle yourself. Come on, settle down, children. Settle down. I'm sure it was some kind of glitch in the system. It was a glitch in the Matrix. We didn't just hear what we thought we heard. We're, we're, we're the conspiracy theorists, remember? We're fake news. <laughs> we're the ones who get everything wrong. Trust me. Don Lemon is the guy who gets everything right. He's a journalist. He believes he's the free press speaking truth to power. So obviously it was it was not what we thought it was. I wish someone would come up with another platform, honestly. Okay. So that everybody could just delete their accounts on Twitter and go to the other platform because this is outrageous, disgusting outrageous. behavior. Stop companies like Jack Dorsey and all stop hiding behind the First Amendment and, <sighs> and for profit. 
Stop hiding behind the First Amendment. Wow. I mean, it's funny, but it's equally like fucking depressing. It's really fucking depressing. That somebody in the media, in the in the in the journalism game, in the media game, who literally wouldn't fucking exist without the First Amendment, he wouldn't be there. It's like stop hiding behind the First Amendment. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> like, if... Would people have been watching... Like... <clears throat> just say you're like a real normie kind of guy, you know, or a girl, or... Maybe you watch CNN, like, you know, maybe you just flick it on just to see the news. Maybe you're a fan of Don Lemon. I don't know. People, there are fans of Don Lemon. Do, do you think any of them at that moment, like, at that very point in the broadcast, like, looked at each other and said, did he just... No. Do you think any of them at all had like a sense of foreboding when those words, you know, came tumbling out of his orifice? Any at all? Do you think any of them would have said, would have asked themselves, wait a minute, did, did he just say like, fuck the First Amendment, basically? As a journalist? As somebody who keeps telling us he's there to speak truth to power? Did, did he just say, stop hiding behind the First Amendment? Come on. Did anyone say that who was watching it at that time? Or did they all just go, yeah! Yeah! Only, only expert approved opinions should be allowed. Fuck the First Amendment. Stop hiding behind the First Amendment. If you've got something to say, it should only be what we want you to say. I'm Don Lemon. Did people in the audience go, you know what, honey? He's got a point. For too long, too many people have been talking about this thing, this free speech thing and this First Amendment thing. They've been hiding behind it. For too long, the First Amendment has been used as a weapon against us. We need to crush it. We need to crush them. Kick them, kick them out of the town square. Take their voice away. They don't deserve it, honey. Don't you think? Yeah, that's a great idea. It's about time we crack down on these disgusting, awful, hideous First Amendment users. Fuck them. Wow. The free press, ladies and gentlemen. 2020. Stop doing it. Stop. Do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> he wait. <laughs> he thinks attacking. He thinks. He thinks tearing down the First Amendment is the right thing to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Donnie. Oh Donnie. Don. Don. You can't hide anymore. There's no coming back from this one. This this one is going to live forever, Don. Next time you complain about people not having their voices heard, this clip will be played. Next time you complain about somebody uh, saying something that, you know, you agree with but other people don't like, this clip is going to be played. Next time you complain about, you know, the voiceless minorities who never, who never get a chance to stand up and speak, this clip will be played. 
every time. Every time you say something, this clip will be played. Every time you think that you have a right to quote-unquote speak truth to power, this clip will be played. And people will say, Don, stop hiding behind the First Amendment, you son of a bitch. This is disgusting. Don, stop pretending like the First Amendment is the right thing. Stop pretending. Just don't do it. Just shut up. You have no right to speak here, Don. Stop hiding behind the First Amendment, my man. This clip will be played. Rightfully so. What a completely... What a completely dense, shallow lack of self-awareness. I, 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 I can't remember anything as bad as this coming out of a fucking journalist's mouth, honestly. I don't care if journalists talk about, uh, you know, systemic racism and white nationalism. I don't care if they call everybody every name under the sun. But when you see a journalist come out and essentially say to people, stop hiding behind the First Amendment, that's when you need to sit back and go, absolutely, have a look at this guy. That is next level. <laughs> He's very fucking proud of himself with this hot take, by the way. Stop allowing families like this family to have to go through this, oh, to grieve their oh, loved one over yeah. and Let's suspend the First Amendment because somebody's fucking crying. <laughs> over and over and over again. Let's get rid of free speech because somebody's upset, Don. So they put up this label for this misleading tweet, but not the tweets about Scarborough. <sighs> tweets that falsely claimed mail-in ballots would lead to widespread voter fraud, okay? <laughs> This Again, this coming from the people who, uh, we all know the game here. They're oppositional for the sake of it, and it makes them look fucking ridiculous. If somebody on the Democrat side, the de we have on record Democrat politicians complaining about mail-in ballots winning elections for Republicans, like in the last election. Remember? And, and, an elected fucking Republican official even got arrested for vote tampering with mail-in ballots. In the, 20, in the 2018 midterms. It happened. I remember reading the fucking news stories on the shows I was on. But now, oppositional for the sake of it, because we decide, because it's all about fucking flip-flopping to be convenient at any given time, now that's ridiculous. That could never happen. That's insane. <laughs> they treat you like goldfish. And then command respect when they say things like, don't hide behind the First Amendment. <laughs> Suspend it. Get rid of it. <laughs> That's the one that they put up the label about. Twitter did apologize to the Klausudis family, but said that they would not take down the president's tweets about his wife's death. God, God, I want them. Don't you? This is going to sound counterproductive, but man... In some ways, like, I'm not an accelerationist. Like, I'm not a boogaloo person. I think that's dumb. But in spaces like this, in very specific applied scenarios, it is absolutely the right thing. I pray that they delete the president's Twitter account. I pray for that to happen. Because that will be the end. That will be the end of the discussion. That'll be the end of the debate. That'll be that scene in The Matrix 
where Neo walks into the fucking architect, you know, in that thing, and he discovers the truth about the Matrix. It's that he's not a freedom fighter trying to fight against the machines, but in actuality, he is a creation of the Matrix itself. And his job is to pretend to be a freedom fighter until he gets to that point, at which point the whole system resets again and he goes through the exact same process all over again because he's already done it like seven or eight times. He thought he was one in a million, but he's just a, another form of control, right? He's just part of the system. He is a creation of the machines and he didn't, he didn't even know it. <laughs> so... I pray that they delete the president's Twitter account. I really do. Because at that very moment, Neo walks into the office of the architect and discovers that it's all a fucking scam. Please let it happen. Please. Let look at the smug shit-eating grin on this jackboot licking's face, right? <laughs> Look at the fucking grin on his face when he's talking about fuck the First Amendment, stop hiding behind the First Amendment, free speech comes second to feelings, delete the president's Twitter account. Look at He's so proud of himself. He thinks he's on a real winner here. He thinks that he's nailing it. He thinks that he's got it all figured out. I hope that what he wants happens <laughs> because that will be the end. That will be the end of Don Lemon as a as a as a you know an exalted figure in journalism that will be the end of cnn that will be the end of twitter it will be the end of social media like that it will it will dissolve and become something else at that very moment in that in that very second it'll all come to a crashing halt i hope that he gets what he wants so we don't have to keep pretending anymore really come on come on Come on. Really? Come on. Come on. We all know the First Amendment's bullshit. Come on. We all, we all know that feelings are more important than free speech. Come on, guys. Don't be ridiculous. Come on. So they are letting the president use their... They're letting the president. <laughs> Kitty B in the chat. He doesn't realize that when shit hits the fan, they will, put, they will pull the get behind the Darkle move and blame him for everything. He doesn't realize anything. Their platform to drag us all right into the mud, letting him get away with it. Twitter is letting him say things. Do you see how beautiful this is? Do you see how perfect this is? My God. Twitter is hiding behind the First Amendment and letting the president say things. <laughs> Please delete the president's Twitter account. Please. But tonight, the president seems a lot more outraged at Twitter oh. than he is about the death, the death toll of the coronavirus. And that oh, is right. approaching 100,000 right now. Yeah, yeah. The president tweeting, of course, tweeting, as he always does, that Twitter is stifling free speech and threatening that he won't allow it to happen. <laughs> of course not. But there are... <laughs> of course not, Mr. President. <laughs> Who here in the audience is on their second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth Twitter account, by the way? He said he's not going to let it happen. Who who here is uh, still on their first fucking Twitter account? <laughs> I think the only way to solve this is to delete his Twitter account. 
<laughs> Twitter's obviously hiding behind the First Amendment. You know, there's some people out there. <clears throat> there's some people out there who are, you know, really upset. They're really sad about stuff. And Twitter letting the president say things on his Twitter account is very, very dangerous. We must we must not allow it. Stop being a pussy, Jack Dorsey, and delete the president's Twitter account. <laughs> Please. Come on. We all know. We all know that this has to end. We all know he can't be allowed on the platform. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? So perfect. Thank you, Don. Two major crises in this country yep. tonight, okay? As I said, two deadly viruses killing Americans. Yep. COVID-19, mm-hmm. racism 20. Ah, that, that was very clever. Now we all know that, that racism is not new this year, but the latest racially charged incident yep. is from just last night, the death of George George uh, Floyd. <clears throat> he's, he's taking no, he's, <laughs> no hesitation into predictably going down the exact avenue that we knew he would go down. Delete the president's Twitter account. Let's just talk about racism and coronavirus. If he's not talking about racism and coronavirus, then he needs to be removed from the platform. The free press, ladies and gentlemen. The free press in the free world. Exemplified perfectly by friend of the show, Don Lemon. Ladies and gentlemen, that was... Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flowery sweet. But the fruit of the poor is impossible to eat. And that'll do us for another night, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. By the way, just a quick reminder, if you haven't yet entered the draw to win the genuine, one-of-a-kind, American-made Daily Boogie glass butt plug, ladies and gentlemen, then you can do so by responding to my pin tweet. Make sure you're a DLive subscriber. Make sure you're a booger. And then respond to the pin tweet on my timeline with your DLive name. Thank you for the Diamond Cabaret. Um... And then you'll go in the draw. You'll go on the wheel of elimination. I'm going to have a couple of shots with you all on Friday night. So bring your drinking hat because we're going to drink out of Eva Lee and sent me a, a boogie bumper uh, shot glass. So I'm going to christen it. I'm going to break it in on Friday night at 6 p.m. Don't forget to follow our friends, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, UK Neil, Winning TV. Why Censored will be on tomorrow night, I suspect, at some time. Uh, no night wave tonight. So Nightwave, I guess, will be back tomorrow at 10 p.m. Don't forget Joy of Pessy, JJ Stoner, uh, Daywave with Royce Lopez. Uh, you've also got Major Tom, Sunday Night Shit Show. All of our friends, ladies and gentlemen, support the shows that support us. Coffee Talk with Sandra. Get around the starting block if you have to, if you must. <laughs> so I'll be back on Friday night. No show for me for tomorrow. That's boogie time. Um, I'll be back on Friday night with the Daily Boogie and Friday morning at like 5.30am Eastern, which I don't expect anybody to be up for, which is usually the case for that show. 5.30am uh, Eastern with the starting block. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper, become a subscriber by hitting a subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me what a tremendous waste of time it is to hide behind the First Amendment, Don, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper.com. 
Until Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, at 6pm, when we will do the draw for the genuine, one-of-a-kind, American-made glass butt plug. Stay calm. Stay rational. I'm opening the chest right now. Thank you to everyone who contributed on DLive. And we'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye.